Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. As we came to a close, if you were with us, you know that I told you in these next several verses, as we concluded our study last week in verse 16, we pick up this morning in Acts chapter 20, verse 17. And I told you that in these next several verses, 17 through 28, the rest of the chapter, that you'll find one of the most beautiful speeches ever spoken to a Christian audience. And what we have here is Pastor Paul. It's kind of different. Listen to think of Paul as pastor, because Paul, he evangelized every place he went, every city he went into. He'd go into the synagogue. That would be the church, the Jewish church. And he'd go into that synagogue, and he'd begin to tell people about Jesus. And he would evangelize and preach Christ unto them. But when Paul would leave that particular city, he would then establish elders, and pastors, and plant churches. So when you think of Paul, you usually think of Paul as an evangelist, but this morning we're going to see a side of Paul that we have not really seen like we'll see it today, and we'll call him Pastor Paul because we see a pastor's heart from Paul. Remember I told you last week if you were with us that what we have here is Paul on the island of Miletus, and From this island of Miletus, he calls together the Ephesian elders, the Ephesian pastors, the pastors from the church in Ephesus. And we see the first pastor's conference. I don't know. Perhaps you have never had an opportunity to go to a pastor's conference, to go to a minister's conference, a leader's seminar or something like that. Well, I'm glad you're here today because that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to gather around and listen in on a pastor's conference. I like to go to pastor's conferences. People ask me all the time, what do we do at pastor's conferences? You know, because people think when the pastors gather together, some secret thing happens. And it's like, ooh, you know, something happens when all these pastors get together. What do they do? What do they talk about? It's like, well, we do pretty much the same thing we just did. We worship And then we get in the word. We don't have any secret loyal order of the water buffaloes. (laughs) Fred Flintstone, my man, all right? Y'all can't be hating on Fred. Do I have any fellow Flintstoners? (laughs) There you go. Fred is off the chain, man. And, uh. We just gather together and we just get in the word and we worship God and 
fellowship together. And it's a wonderful thing to go to a minister's conference, a leader's conference. And truth be told, I guess we're all ministers and leaders because the Bible tells us that we are all kings and priests unto God, which then makes us all ministers unto God in some place. Maybe some of us are not ordained, but mm, I'm not so sure ordination makes you a minister. That's a whole nother sermon. Somebody say amen. That's a whole nother sermon. So this is absolutely beautiful. The words that we're about to hear. And I thought they are so beautiful. It's almost criminal to, to, to read it and stop and read it and stop and comment and read it and stop. It's just criminal. So what we need to do this morning is we're going to read it in its entirety. And then we'll come back. And uh, we'll have some comments in the various verses that uh, I feel uh, the Lord leading me to comment on. So Acts chapter 20, we pick up in verse 17. Saints, if you're there, say a hearty. Amen. Amen. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and he called for the elders. He, Paul, called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him. Gosh, I want to stop, but I can't. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all what saints, humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. They kept trying to kill him. And how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God. This is what he was talking about. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, in verse 24. Here's why. Nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my race bummed out. Is that what it says? And I might finish my race mad. Is that what it says? Say no. No. So that I might finish my race with what, saints? Amen. And the ministry I want to finish, which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all see, we know Paul from the south. You say you all. Now, in the Greek language, that's y'all. Indeed, now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Here's why. Underline it. Highlight it. Remember it. For I have not shunned to declare to you the what? Whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to pastor, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own valuable blood, his precious blood. For I know this, that after my departure, Paul says, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And also from among yourselves, men will rise up 
speaking perverse things to draw away disciples, not after Jesus, but after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years, I did not cease to warn you, everyone, night and day, with tears. And so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to what? Build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are made holy, who are sanctified. Hagiasmos is the Greek word, hagiasmos. And I've coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my own necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And you should remember the words of our Lord Jesus when he said, it's more blessed to give than receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. And then they all wept freely and they fell on Paul's neck. And they were kissing him and sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Well, I told you, beautiful, beautiful words from Pastor Paul to pastors, church at Ephesus, men of God. If you were with us last week, you know, I told you that we've been tracking. You got a pen, you got a pad. I'm going to give you some stuff this morning. We've been tracking with Paul on his third missionary journey. And he's headed back to Jerusalem. At this point in Acts chapter 16, at this point, it's 16 years that Paul has been on the mission field. It's 16 years that Paul has preached the gospel in an area of about 1,500 square miles. That's approximately 5,600 miles on land. Paul has walked 6,670 miles by sea. That's an average of 12,000 miles of ministry in 16 years. And you might say, Rodney, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of coverage. I mean, only 12,000 miles. Well, I guess 12,000 miles isn't a lot of coverage in today's language in that we can get almost anywhere in the world within 24 hours by planes. And we have boats and, and cruisers and all kinds of things that can get us to where we need to be rather quickly. But you have to understand that in 16 years, Paul has walked these 12,000 miles and he's been preaching the gospel for 12 thousand miles on foot. Paul was an awesome, awesome, committed, sold out man of God. 12,000 miles to preach the gospel. Some of us won't walk 12 blocks. Don't shout me down with amen. I understand. (laughs) 12,000 miles. And mind you now, in the 16 years, he's been stoned. He's been robbed. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten. He's been persecuted. He's been left for dead. And this man, Paul, had poured out his life for the sake of the gospel. Well, according to our text, Paul went to the island of Miletus and he called the elders from the Calvary Chapel in Ephesus to come over and talk. And when Paul arrived, he sat down. The men arrived. They sat down around Paul. And look at this in verse 18. I love verse 18. I didn't have an opportunity to share with them first service. But look at this in verse 18. It says, and when they had come to him. 
Paul called, give me your attention, Paul called a meeting, and these men came to him. That struck me as I was studying this because you know what that tells me about these Ephesian elders, about these pastors? They were available to the Lord. They came to him. I'm sure these guys had jobs and ministry going on and things happening and kids to get to the soccer and kids to get to basketball. I don't know if they had that in those days, but okay, fine. If they had stuff to do. But when Paul called them, they came to him. That's availability. Listen, your greatest ability, did you know, is what? Availability. You do know. I want to be used of God. Well, then show up. Oh, that's deep. You want to be used of God, you got to show up. That's just the way it works. You know, I want to be used of God and some years ago, and I wasn't quite in ministry, although I was doing some children's ministry. I remember some days when I had off of church, I wanted to be used of God so much. I had off of work, and I would, I would go to the church, and I would just stand around doing normal work hours. I just stand around. And they're like, hey, what, what you doing here? I don't know. I just decided to come by. And I just stand there. I want to be used of God. And they, well, man, the children's ministry needs to be vacuumed. And the, the, the maintenance guy had to go across town to get some nuts and bolts. I'll vacuum it. No problem. I'll do it. Go in here, vacuum children's ministry and do it all. Man, we're hungry. We need lunch. Oh, I'll go get lunch. That's fine. I'll go get it. What you guys need? I'm pen, paper, handy. Okay, what you need? Extra cheese? What you need? I just want to be there. I just, Lord, I'm available. God, if you want to use my life, I'm standing here. Your greatest ability is availability. Well, I haven't been a cemetery. I mean, seminary. I haven't been, well, I haven't been. And, you know, I don't know anything about God. Good. You're a clean slate. God can write something on it. I haven't been to seminary. I didn't have time to go to seminary. I had to work and put Cheerios on the table for the kids. I didn't have time for seminary. I studied and made myself available. They came to him. And when they came to him, Paul says, guys, have a seat. I have something to share with you. He said, fellas, according to our text, you know, the first day that I showed up in your city and I came to Asia. Notice he says, in what manner I always lived among you. Paul says, since I came to the city, you have had the opportunity to watch my life. You have had the opportunity to watch my life through the seasons of my life. You've had the opportunity to see me go through trials, to see me go through circumstances, to see me go through suffering and illness and persecution and difficulty and death threats. Paul says, you've seen that. In other words, Paul is saying, listen, you guys have seen my example. Christian, you are a witness. Your life is an example, whether you like it or not. Now, it depends on what kind of example you are, what kind of witness you are. But you are a witness, whether a good one or a bad one. But people are watching your life. Did you know that? People are watching your life. Some people, you are all the Jesus that they will ever see. 
And that's why the world has a real bad taste in their mouth concerning Christianity and the church. Because we Christians, quite honestly, have been a very poor witness. And we need to be mindful that, you know, somebody once said that people will never read the Bible, but they'll read your life from cover to cover. And that's very true. And Paul says, hey, you've watched my life. You know, Paul walked the walk. He didn't just talk the talk. He didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk as a Christian. We are expected to be a good example. Paul says, you've seen my life. You've seen the consistency in my life. And notice what he says in our text. Look at it again in your Bibles in verse 19. He says that you've seen my life. You've seen the witness and you've seen me serving the Lord in verse 19 with all. Did you note this? Humility. I served with humility. I titled this sermon, The Legacy of Good Leadership. Because we can learn many, many things about leadership. And numero uno concerning leadership is you need to be humble. You know, Paul didn't act like a Christian celebrity. Wanting people to serve him. Man, he was a humble guy. I love to meet humble people. I love to meet people who are mightily used of God and very humble. Because pride stinks. Doesn't it? You ever been in the presence of somebody very prideful and they just, oh, me, 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 me. It's all about me. You leave them, you want to get a bath. It's just... But humility... Is a sweet-smelling fragrance, isn't it? And you walk away in your humility. You know where Paul learned that from? From Jesus. Because Jesus was meek and lowly or humble. Jesus was meek and Jesus was humble. That's one thing I appreciate about Jesus. The humility of our Lord. You know, I believe if Jesus were preaching today, if Jesus were alive today, you know, few people would even know who he was. Because he's so humble. Jesus wasn't into advertising himself. Jesus wasn't into self-promotion. Jesus wasn't into being bizarre. Jesus wasn't weird. Okay, we're going to go there. Jesus wasn't weird. You know, people have made Jesus to be weird. When Jesus, I'm sure if Jesus was a preacher today and pastored a pulpit, pastored in a pulpit, I don't think Jesus would get in the pulpit and change his voice. Listen, would you guys please not buy this CD today and hand out? Because if you do, I'm probably going to get shot with my comments today. Jesus would not. I don't understand that. I I just don't get it. Maybe I'm the only one, but I don't get it. You get in the pulpit and you change your voice and like all your words and with duh. And the Lord said, you better give your money. I don't understand that. I mean, can you imagine, you know, I mean, what do these guys when they, I wonder what they do when they go to a drive up at a a restaurant. I mean, do they, you know, Lord, uh, thank you. The person comes over like, hey, well, yes, sir, how are you? Yes, can you take your order? Yes. I like to have a triple cheeseburger. Extra cheese and would you bigger the fries? 
Jesus. I want to tell you, the Lord is good. Give me a combo. What's up with that? I mean, what? Am I the only one? I just think that's just weird, man. I mean, is that what really happens? Why do you change your voice? I don't understand that. Is it necessary? Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus would just get up here and look, just talk normal. He was a normal guy. Jesus wasn't bizarre. He was a common guy. I'll tell you what, if Jesus was sitting here, like in physical form, because he's here in the spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. And, and he's here. But if he were in physical form, you would not know Jesus was sitting next to you. You would not know because he was so humble and normal and average. Isaiah 53 says there's no form, no comeliness that we should desire him. So we wouldn't really, really know who he was. And Judas had to go when he went in the garden. Judas kissed him to identify him because he was so common looking, so normal. Nobody would have known what he, who he was. So Judas went in to kiss him and the soldiers knew who he was because Judas kissed him. He's just a normal guy, just a common guy. You know, he didn't, Jesus didn't walk around with the lights on him. And everywhere he went was stereo. angels like following him that would just annoy me to no end you know what I mean I'd be like look y'all gonna have to go somewhere okay turn that off I mean that's kind of crazy but you know you see people and in the movies they got Jesus looking like some weirdo and they're like you know all over him and every time they do a face shot you know his eyes are lit just the eyes. Jesus wasn't weird. He was humble. He was so humble when he came riding in Jerusalem. He came riding on a donkey, which speaks of what? Humility. He did not come in a bulletproof limousine with an entourage. Earpieces. Jesus coming in. Jesus coming in. Break a break. Where, where, where Jesus is, he's just about to pull in. He's just about to pull in. He made a left turn. We don't know why he made a left. He normally goes right, but him, he made a left. I don't, I don't understand it. Jesus was a normal guy. He was humble. Paul was humble. And the people of God in leadership and ministry should be what, saints? Humble. That's right. And Paul says, I lived among you in humility and in tears and in trials. Notice in verse 20, he says, I kept back nothing that was helpful, but I proclaimed it to you and I taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and to the Greeks. And here was the testimony. Here was the, the preaching. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus. And then Paul says the spirit has shown him that he is going to Jerusalem and he's going to be bound in chains as he goes to Jerusalem. Don't you remember where you with us? Acts chapter nine, when Paul, who was Saul, got saved on the road to Damascus. And the first thing God tells him. Saul, I'm going to show you the things that you must suffer for my name. I mean, I don't know about you, 
Paul's going to Jerusalem to suffer, I mean, bound in chains and God's first words to him when he got saved was, I'm going to show you the things that you must suffer for my name. I mean, if God said to me, Rodney, when you get to Apex, you're going to suffer. I'd say, well, could we move to Raleigh? <laughs> Holly Springs, Fuquay. Look, God, I'll even live in Lizard Lick. I just learned that there's a Lizard Lick, North Carolina. I didn't even know that. I'm like, who in the world lives in Lizard Lick? I guess there's some folks living there. But Lizard Lick. But who wants to suffer? No one. Don't you remember Jeremiah the prophet? He said, God, every time I tell people about you, I get beat up. And he said, that's it. I'm not going to preach anymore, speak your name anymore. And then he said, I'm joining a nonprofit organization. <laughs> I worked on that one all week. <laughs> and then don't you remember the story? I love it when Jeremiah then said, he says, but, but, but I can't help it. He said, because God's word was like, what? Fire shut up in my bones. I can't keep silent. I had to speak. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. God's word was burning. In his soul. Just burning in his soul. So Paul says, I'm going bound. But this doesn't hinder me, he said, because it's my desire to finish my race with joy and the ministry in verse 22 that I received from the Lord. And then in verse 25, we fast forward just a bit. Paul says, you all will never see me again. And I testify to you that I am innocent in blood in verse 26, that I am innocent of the blood of all men. You see, Paul is referring to, if you're a note taker in your Bibles, right in the margin, you can make an arrow and write Ezekiel chapter 3. Because Paul is referencing Ezekiel 3 and his teaching on the watchman. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.